All right. I like your hair. So cute. Cutting it is good. It's called a French cut, isn't it? I like that. Very French. <laughs> all right. How's everybody today? Y'all all sprung forward, and I'm glad you did. And the rest of them are still figuring out what's going on. So we're going to get started today, and we'll open up in a word of prayer as people continue to gather in. And um, we've got a lot of ground to cover, so we'll hit it with a bang, and we'll take off. Does anybody have any prayer requests? I know Sherry Lee's daughter is in ICU. She had a double aneurysm. We need to remember her. Um, how old is she? Who knows this? Do you know? Okay. Who's next? Yes. You want to pass Randall's class. Well, I'm responsible for two of the questions only, so my part, you won't fail. Won't make you fail. You might miss them both. I don't know. Anybody else have anything? Yes, we'd love a praise report. Uh, I've been really asking God to put my marriage back together. Yep. And I am, my wife and I are actually back together. Well, praise the Lord. There is nothing too hard for God. That's right. That's right. Excellent. That's a great report. Who else? We have, oh, yeah. I can't, thank you. I can't see. I, I forgot my glasses today, y'all. So we're. Who? Yes. How is he doing? It's just machine, okay, so. Mm -hmm. mm. Let's pray, let's pray. Did he leave a suicide note or anything? He did? Because I wondered if it was. Mm. Just totally. That's, we need to pray for the grandfather, I mean the whole family, obviously the devastation there. It's just such a lie of the enemy, isn't it? Let's pray for this. Who else? Nope. Yeah. Yep. You just go like, yeah, wow. Man, you had resurrection power. That's right. Well, yeah, naps are good. Lay before the Lord, right? Who else? Michael. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We wouldn't want to put it into a formula, though. You know, that's where we're going. Okay, who else has something? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for answered prayer. I thank you for all the testimonies, Lord God, of your grace, of your answered prayer, of your mercy, Lord God, of you bringing people forth from the, the places, Lord God, of bondage and isolation and even stagnation, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you would continue, Lord God, to 
to save us from the years, Lord God, of believing lies and of the years, Lord God, of being trapped, Lord God, in our own minds and our own ideals of, of our philosophy of who you are, Lord God, trapped in religious performance, Lord. I pray, Father, that your spirit, Lord God, would settle in this house today, Lord God, that you would meet needs, Lord God, this family with the 13-year-old. God, I just pray, Father, that you would minister your healing grace, Lord God, in their hearts and their lives, Lord God. Let them turn to you, Lord, with all their heart today, I pray. Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and we thank you, Lord. I pray for Sherry Lee's daughter, that you would touch her, Lord God, that you would heal the aneurysm, Lord God, that you would raise her up, that you would strengthen her, Lord God, that you would establish her heart in faith, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for repairing marriages, Lord God, for bringing jobs, for bringing provision, Lord God. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so as we continue to look today, I'm going to run to Ephesians real quick, and I'm going to read it in, in part, and then we're going to go to, uh, I don't really know where I want to go after that, but we'll go somewhere. Let's just start in Ephesians and see what happens, okay? I got my Catherine Coleman dress on today, so you just never know. I always feel like Catherine Coleman when I wear this. Hello, I've been waiting for you. Sorry, just wanted to say that a little bit. I know, well, they do have some, but I was cold. That kind of damn, I don't, it's not, it's Catherine Coleman-esque. Yeah. God. Wow. That's right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. She, she brought it all, didn't she? So as we look at Ephesians here, um, <clears throat> we are going to continue to, to explore what Christ has done for us and in us or, through, or with us and in us whatever, what, what Christ has done for us and, and with us and in us and through us. and I, I'm, Okay, let's just read. Ephesians 1. Let's start with um, verse 7, that we have, we're predestined for adoption before the foundation of the earth. If you're here, God predestined you for adoption. He has a great plan for you. He knows the plans he has for you. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the removal of trespasses, in keeping with the riches of his grace that he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will, in keeping with his good pleasure that he planned in Messiah. What, what, where do we find bad in that? good pleasure that he planned in Messiah. The plan of the fullness of times is to bring all things together in Messiah, in Christ, both things in heaven and things on earth. Now, what does that sound like to you when I say that? Both things in heaven and things on earth. Find me another scriptural reference that that, that attaches to. See, that's how we have to do. When we read the scriptures, we need to let scripture interpret scripture. It's very important that we do that. And so when it says, so when it says that there, that it's, it's bringing all things together in Messiah of things in heaven and things on earth. What is our basis for the ministry of reconciliation, for binding and loosing, for praying, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What is our basis? What is that anchored in, according to Ephesians? Is it how well you pray? Is it how well you imagine? Nope. Is it how well you declare? Is it how well we're adopted? Nope. That's it. I got to get my drink. COVID left me without a voice, y'all. 
<clears throat> it's a fact, Dolores. It doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. See, I'm not, I'm not into formulas. Okay, so all things, all things are brought together in. It's not how well I stand on one leg and go, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's not how well I stand on the other and go, I'm an, I'm an imaginer. Not, I'm not picking on you. I'm trying to bring this to clarity. It's not how well I go. I take communion every day. I mean, how many of you have been in church long enough to know everybody's got their special talisman? You know what a talisman is? Good luck charm. Their method. All things are brought together in Christ. Now, 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 now. Well, why do some people seems that their method seems to work? Well, we don't know, Andrew. Why can they do in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name? And the person falls out. We then decide that must be God because A plus B always equals C. Two plus two always equals four. Here's what I think. Y'all want to know what I think, right? God is always seeking a place to express himself. It's called the parable of the sower. The word is the word is the word is the word. Sometimes there's, what, is the, what does the seed do? We know, who are we talking about in this parable? See, the word is not just these black words written on white pages. What is the word? Jesus. So as his, as the revelation of who Jesus is, is permeating any environment, the sower goes forth and sows. Sowing, sowing. Some seed falls on the wayside. Your life may look like, you may have wayside areas in your life. And as the wayside comes, the fowls come along and what do they do? They snatch it up. Why do the fowls snatch it up? Because they're hungry. Because it didn't find any place to land, it just stayed there. And then some seed falls on what? Rocky soil. And what does the seed do? It does what the seed does. Anywhere you put Jesus will bring a measure of life. That's, that's just a fact. That's just a fact, y'all. And then you have weeds. And what do weeds do eventually? I see more people start out with good word, good Jesus. You know what I'm talking about? Good Jesus in their life. I only have theological weeds choke it completely out. This is how cults start, y'all. How can people be so deceived? Because they don't understand what Jesus has done for us, with us, and in us. If you don't understand what Christ has done with you, where you're presently seated, and how that's accomplished, you will always be trying to connect what he has done for you into the fruit of what he has done in you. <clears throat> and you will try to make this connection with religious performance, with formulaic prayers, with a new method or, of madness, 
I see it all the time. I see it all the time, and I see people, they, they flame up really high, right? The seed sprung forth. They flame really high. And then, I mean, in one moment, they're, they're giving words of knowledge to people that are absolutely profound. And then I visit them, I hear about them, I go on, I move away, whatever. And then I'm like, how's oh so-and-so, you know? Oh, he's back at the bar. Has it, no one but me ever seen that? It's because there's no, the, 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 the ground is not clean. And we've got to be clear about what the word is and what the ground is. The word brings life. Jesus is the full culmination of every promise. I mean, I am thankful for what you do, Mike Griffin, in feeding the poor. But it won't get you one modicum of advantage if you're doing it for advantage's sake. It's all going to come from where Jesus is presently. Where is Jesus at presently? And he is not only the vicarious sacrifice. We got that down in church. We do. We got down pat. He died for my sins, vicarious sacrifice. All through the Old Testament, we see God trying to communicate with humanity, with our warped minds. Have you ever had a warped mind? Yeah, you might still. We... You know, the thing about a warped mind is you don't know when it's warped. If it's the only one you've been working with. It just seems perfectly normal to you. That's, that's it. That's a good, good analogy there. So we, we see ourselves. You've lost, you made me lose my train of thought, Mike. Just think about how I was going to plug... I was trying to plug that back in. So we have to see all things in heaven and, and earth, all in him. So when Christ raised from the dead, here's where I was at, he didn't just raise as the vicarious sacrifice. He is also, this has never been taught to me in church. I've been saved for a number of years. No one ever, ever taught this to me. And it is, in my opinion, the missing piece that I needed to understand so many passages that have eluded me for so many years, a.k.a. Romans 5. <clears throat> he is the vicarious human being. Now, you're like, I don't know what that means. Jesus came. Jesus was always going to be incarnate. What does incarnate mean? Enfleshment. He was always going to come in flesh. Now, I don't know what you think about this, because I have been just, I've just been thinking on this. I run stuff by Mike so as I don't sound like a heretic. So, right, he's like, hey, don't be, don't be get, bringing me into this. If, if we are, follow me here, if we are predestined for adoption from where? The foundation of the earth. Then creation is the womb of adoption, right? Creation is not God created and he thought, now what am I going to do with this planet? I'm going to need some people who know how to hoe and dig and build. 
right? He didn't do that. He said, I want sons. We want sons. Let us make man in our image. The relationship, Trinitarian life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct, say distinct, distinct persons operating in total togetherness and oneness without any loss of distinction. Right? I've ne- also never heard a message on the Trinity in all my life, in all my, all my church attendance. People are like, I don't touch that. I've heard people say, you know, it's like an egg, shell, yolk, white. I'm like, so here we go. So let us make man in our image, in that relationship of God, of Trinitarian life, right? Let us make man in our image. What would be our image? Well, tripartite, right? Body, soul, and spirit, three parts. What would be, what would be in his image? Main thing, choosing. We have to have a, cho- we have to be, we are choosing. Let us make man in our image, distinct. So we have here <clears throat> with their own distinct personality, <clears throat> individuals. So creation then becomes the womb of adoption. And God puts two trees in the garden. Man is created in innocence. It's called the age of innocence. He is created innocent in the garden. There are two trees. One is the tree of life, which if he should eat from it, what will happen? He will live forever. Did he eat from the tree of life? I don't think so. Because if he would have, he would have lived forever. Did he eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? So why? Now Jesus was always going to come incarnate. Why did Jesus have to die? Because Adam chose death. Now this has been my question. What if Adam and Eve would have eaten from the tree of life? Uh, Well, before, instead of. How would Jesus have come? That's been like... Because now, if we believe that Jesus was always going to come... I asked Mike this. He said, what'd you tell me? You said, I think probably Eve would have brought him forth. To be incarnate. But see, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. That's the point, though, right there. See, this has been the missing piece in my theology as to, as to healing, how to operate in the spirit, how to connect heaven to earth, how to wipe away all the formulas of how, of how Benny Hinn does it, of how Catherine Coleman did it, of how William, what's his name, Bronner? Brom, Brennan. Weirdo, too. Weirdo at the end of his life. Why did God use him? Because the word's always seeking to, he had some theological weeds, but the word's always seeking to express itself. I mean, the man died in a car wreck prior to dying. So if you have some spiritual gifting in your life, don't think you're all that. 
you could still just be a weirdo. Am I right or am I right? I mean, come on. We got to stop calling people. William, what's his name again? Brennan. He got so twisted off at the end of his life, but before he died, he died in a car wreck. His wife died. She, he reached over, felt for a pulse. She was dead. There's somebody there that, that noted the whole thing, that had seen it. I don't know. I've got to read it again. It's in God's generals. He reached over and resurrected her, and it was, she was healed, and he died. He was a freak. He was theologically a whack job. And yet, because the word does what the word does. I won't even, I understand belief is there, but see, I'm real careful not to put those. Well, if you believe right, because that, what, see, A plus, one plus one equals two then, that says to me, if I believe right, then I can get God to perform however I want to. And I know it's not what you're saying, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to undo. You know what I mean? I'm trying to undo. I'm trying to undo all of the garbage out of my own mind and my own questions because, folks, I believe we're going to get to a place. I can't wait to tell you about the semantical field around suffering and the semantical field around healing. They're not the same. We have cross-pollinated them in our culture. There's only one response to sickness in the Word of God. Heal it. But if we don't know if we've got all these theological weeds in our mind about what sickness is for, you know, it's to teach you something. It's to, it's to do this. It's to do that. Can you imagine if someone... We know it's not true, y'all, because Jesus never gave someone leprosy to teach them a moral aptitude. But I'm telling you, in my life, I prayed for people, and all that theological garbage has run through my mind. It has. I can't stop it. It's like a river, a faucet that has been turned on. And when I pray for people, I have this war in my mind. Is it their sin? Is it my sin? Is this teaching them? Is suffering good? Anybody but me? But if I can solve the question, is, it's, is it God's will to heal? Period. Then I can pray. It's not up to, I don't heal you. All I am is a conduit to see the power of thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not because of how I, William Brandon it. Lord, I can't get his name right. You know what I'm saying? Catherine Coleman, I mean, how many of you know she had dynamic miracles? She got lopsided at the end. She did. I mean... John G. Lake. We immortalize him. There are churches named after him. The man let his wife and wife starve to death. His kids from that marriage had nothing to do with him. 
for the rest of his life because of how he treated their mother and giving to the poor but not feeding his own wife. See, why? Why does God use such people? Well, if moral perfection was the necessary thing for God to use you, then it would be based. It wouldn't be. Then y'all open the door, Randall. We got a stampede coming through. So here, see all this, all this, see all those theological weeds were constantly in my mind, always. I'm sorting, I'm trying to sort, 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 sort. I'm a why girl. I'm why. I'm always, but why? I can't settle for pat answers. God made me this way. He likes it about me because he knows I will not stop until I have turned over every theological blade of grass and I want to hold it up and say, God, does this one stay or is it a weed? And if he says it's a weed, I'm going to say, yeah, but God, I taught it to me in a Baptist church. finding a lot of theological weeds in my own garden. And I'm okay with it. Because I know now it's not how well I do this or how well I do that or how well I cha-cha-cha or how well I, you know, say the humida humida humida. The content of my life, of my miracle working ministry is 100% attached to what Jesus has done for me, what he has done with me. He now represents me in the Trinity, which he was always going to do if I was adopted before the foundation of the earth. But Adam derailed it all for quite a long time. And Adam, I am fully connected to Adam by my flesh. Anybody have any questions about that? No, none of us do. None of us, not even for a moment, do we question our connectedness to Adam. Fully connected to Adam in our flesh. But where am I fully connected to Jesus? My spirit. Whenever Jesus... If he is only a cool guy to follow and try your best to emulate, we are screwed. Open the door. We're leaving. I can't do it. But if he is the last Adam, if he is the vicarious man, the human man, he's a Jewish man too, seated in the Trinitarian life, front planned before planned before the foundation of the earth promised in time so we're here we are planned before time promised in time fulfilled in the fullness of time when Jesus said when he said my God my God why hast thou forsaken me he is fully identifying himself with the Adamic nature he sunk completely into the forsaken Adamic nature. Newsflash, you are not forsaken. You have actually never been forsaken of God. If he chose, if he forsook you, that means that Colossians is not true and all things don't hold together in him and your holding together in him would no longer hold together and you would just 
Right there. That's what happened to you. Psst. You're gone. There's not even any ash left of you. There's nothing left of you. Everything. It's not about how good I do things. It is about who he is seated in the Trinitarian life. Now, Pentecost. It's not just about speaking in tongues, y'all. There are plenty of people who speak in tongues and are meaner than a biting sow. We have pastored several of them. It's fact. Fact. So if you speaking in tongues would be the right formula to get you into total victory, that... I can't see that playing out in the, in the theory longevity of it. You know what I'm saying? It didn't happen. Am I saying that speaking in tongues? I'm like Paul. I speak in tongues more than you all. But my, my, my spiritual worth, my, my spiritual vow, my spiritual oomph is not because I can shonda my shonda, kickstart my Honda. It's not because I can economy auto supply. It's not because I can tie my bow tie. Right? I want you to speak in tongues. I want you to have a prayer language and communicate. I want, but I want you to understand the theological content of why, of what was done for you, what was done with you, and now what is done in you. Because when the day, because so Jesus, Jesus, if he's just a guy who walked on the earth as fully man and fully God, and if he's just a guy... I mean, the guy. We can just put it to the guy. The guy among all guys. The man among all men. If he just did it. And he showed us the way only, Pam. Could you imagine if all he was was a good example? What would that do in my life? It wouldn't just do nothing. It would make it horrifying. Horrifying. That now Jesus said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be your example for your stinking living. You better have something bigger than your imagination. Oh my God, that would be that would be horrendous, wouldn't it? How many of you'd like to walk that walk? Well, that's what religion's been telling you for years, and that's what gives birth to deep condemnation and shame. Now I'm not remember. No, look, we're going out holy, the holy. But it's going to come from a living source, not from dead antics. That won't bear fruit long, y'all. They won't do 30, 60, and 100. They'll just show some growth for a while is all they'll really do. But I'm talking about a life well-lived in abundance, knowing where I am sourced 100% entirely by faith. And that is in Jesus Christ, the one who sits and who represents all humanity. In my Father's house, he said, he said, of many dwelling places. It's not mansions, y'all, I'm sorry. In many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go there to prepare a place and where that where and if I go to prepare a place that where I am you may be also I will come again and receive you to myself is that eschatological don't answer me or is it was it something that was wrapped up in what in his immediate future cross burial and resurrection immediate it's never taught to me that way 
It was eschatological. One day, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where... But if it was not eschatological end-time stuff, it was end-time stuff, then Jesus is saying, I am talking about the redemptive plan that was done before y'all ever even showed up on the scene. You so much didn't have anything to do with it. It was before you were not even a gleam in your mama's eye. You weren't even a thought in Adam's mind yet. Because I had not called the dust together to bring about Adam yet. I had not even created on the earth the reproductive system as of yet. That's before foundation. So it has nothing to do with me. So Jesus said, I go. I'm going. He becomes the vicarious, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the earth. He is the one who took away all the sin. When did he take away the sin of the earth? Ultimately, before the foundation of the earth. That was the planned time. That was when it was planned. When was it fulfilled? At the cross. It was completely fulfilled at the cross. Jesus' last words were, Father, he goes from my God, my God, and we just stick there. No, what did he say? Father. Oh, he goes from my God, my God. See, he's taking Adam's mythological God, and he's pulling him to the cross and he's identifying fully with the suffering, with the warped mind of Adam, some completely devastated by sin. God never changed. God never, never, ever, ever, ever changed. If he's immutable, he's immutable, y'all. Jesus didn't change God. Jesus changed Adam. And Adam was nailed to the cross. And Jesus, who is called the last Adam completely died vicarious as our sin substitute. And Adam, Adam's lifeless body, because we were all, we were all in Adam, were we not? If you remove Adam, you remove all of us. We were all in Adam. Our sin nature, all in Adam. You don't know that you have power over your sin nature. It's why you still struggle with it. You're the elephant who's been tied with the chain. When you were little, now all you have to have is a small rope that you're way more powerful than. But you still say submitted to the rope because no one ever told you you have the power over that bondage. Why? Because you know how to pray well? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Because you fasted 463 days? No. I'm telling you, if a person could get raptured by fasting, my husband would. I will guarantee you there's probably no one in this place who in their life has fasted as much as him. Is that not true? <laughs> Anybody fasted 40 days? No. People are like, wow, that's super spiritual. Lonnie Harris said, Mike, you're the only man I know who can fast for 40 days and not have divine revelations. Didn't he not? 
Hey, what'd you say? You said, Lonnie's like our spiritual father. He said, he said, Mike, he said, you're so Mike. And I said, Lonnie, it's just that most people make it up. And Mike will never make it up. He just never will. So there's, and I, I love fasting. Please fast. Please, please, please. See, don't, don't say that I'm, you know, no, no, no. But it is no basis for anything. It is no basis, no basis, no basis. I love spiritual discipline, but it's no basis for anything. All of my worth, all of everything, my reward, all of my ability in prayer is tied up in where Jesus is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this. I mean, everything's tied up. Jesus is now the last Adam. The first Adam was just the type. That's what Romans 5.14 says. He was just the type. The type of what? The incarnate man. That's all he was. And so when Jesus raised, oh, it's so important that y'all get this. When Jesus raised from the dead, he walked around for 40 days on the earth showing people he was what? A human man raised from the dead. If you don't believe that, that was going around in John's day. He wasn't really God. I mean, he was really God. He was just sort of a type of a man. Uh Uh-uh. Problem. Problem. Warning, warning, warning. Heresy, heresy, heresy. Not right. Jesus ascended to the Father. He made it. You know how I know he made it? He's still there making intercession for you as a as the last Adam. How do, you make, how, how do I know he made it? He sent the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit could indwell me so that I could indwell the Trinitarian life. And there it is. When I pray in Jesus' name, I am... Pr- See, we're just trying to... We're all climbing the stairway to heaven. We're buying the stairway to heaven with our religious performance. Well, Jesus, I'm good enough. It's already done. It's already finished. It is so finished. It is done to the nth degree. And if you could, if we could just get the theological weeds out of our mind of performancism and programology and and why things are the way that I'm telling you, we'd have fruit that would be that would blow our minds because God loves to glory. You know, you know how He gets glory. John 15 tells us how He gets glory by lopping off those stinking, no good, rotten branches. That's not no, nope. That's what religion taught you. Like when you come to church, he's got pruning shears. And he's walking going, just make me do it. Yeah. Come on. Y'all went to that church. Come on, come on. You got that eye looking at you. I mean, did you go to that church too sometime? I preached that message a couple of times, I'm embarrassed to say. I thought it was better than, you know, I thought it was better. Dennis. Yeah. We all know that one. We got that one down, don't we? Mm-hmm. 
That's exactly right. Because Jesus is the man, the man who is seated in. He is the he is the incarnate man who is always going to be. But because Adam chose death, he cho- he had to go. He went by way of the cross through death, and he completely he completely undid the fear of death. Why are y'all afraid to die? It's because you don't know that Jesus. See, it's part of that. That's part of that in our minds. That Hebrews says, through the fear of death, that people have been held in bondage all their life before Christ. Now, Athanasius knew it. He writes in his writing that even children run to death because they don't fear it. Now, that's a little hard for us to... Now, now, bear in mind, Athanasius wrote in 300 B.C. No, A.D., so Athanasius, John's disciple was Polycarp. Polycarp's disciple was Irenaeus. Irenaeus' disciple was Athanasius. It's pretty close to source, isn't it? See, we, we take a lot of our we take a lot of our cues from Martin Luther forward. How many of you believe that where's the where's the purest message at? Is it down the stream 1,500 years? The purest water is at the source, and the purest message is also at the source. And so we, we look back to those, those patristic fathers in that day, and we say, what was their message? They didn't have the same message that we have today in the church of religious performance. They had the message of that we are in relationship with Jesus Christ in, in the Trinitarian life. I hope that that makes sense to you when I say in the Trinitarian life, that Jesus is seated in glory. He has already ascended the throne. He sent his spirit back. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And what does the Holy Spirit, pray tell, cry out inside of you? Daddy, Daddy. I dare say that most people in the church, a large portion of the people in the church, do not have a familiarity, and I say this not in a bad sense, but in a great sense, a familiarity with their Heavenly Father as to call Him Daddy, Daddy. We have an austere God that Western religious had taught us that he walks around with the giant pruning shears trying to lop off our branch. Study that any branch does not bear fruit he takes away. Study that word takes away in the original. You know what it means in the original? He picks up. The weed shears take away because it scares the hell out of us. saying, here's the reality. You know what happens to people who abide in the vine? They bear fruit. Whose fruit do they bear? The Holy Spirit's fruit. It belongs to him. I don't bear fruit. The Spirit bears fruit in my life. He bears the fruit of the Trinitarian life. I can't help how holy I am. Holy One lives inside of me. There's no other result. If you get the message right, then it actually becomes not just good news, but awesome news. Then we understand John 20. Whoever sins you retain, they are retained, and whoever sins you remit, they are remit. You know what that means? It's not Catholicism, me going, say, four Our Fathers and ten Hail Marys. That means my 
My ministry is reconciliation. All the sin, what happened to all the sins in the world, past, present, and future? Tell me, where are they at? They were nailed, they're done. They nailed to a cross. So that means that the person who's living in sin, who feels the weight of their sin, like you were telling me about your niece, those that feel the weight of that bondage, and there's so many people in the house of God, and they sit here Sunday after Sunday. And they're trying to get free from their sin, and they're looking to religion to tell them how to do it, but all they feel is the God who walks up and down the aisles with the pruning shears. And instead of finding an Abba Father, they find a God who is to be feared and, and recoiled from and ran from and hidden from because they don't know that 100% of their sin has been nailed to the cross. And the good news is, is that Jesus now sits at the right hand of the Father and he sent back his spirit and you don't have to live separated from the Father's love. You've never been separated from the Father's love in reality. But in your heart, your sin and your, your degradation and your misformed mind and your wrongheadedness, your your wrong-headedness about who God is needs to be changed. And so the message is, repent! Do you know what repent means in the Greek? It's metanoia. No, it means to change your mind. Meta, change, noia, mind. Change the way you think. changing the way I think about it. what's been done with my sin what's been done with Adam who now sits with the father I am fully sourced with all the grace that Jesus purchased on the day that he actually paid the price on Calvary that's what he did for me he raised me up and I am seated with him in heavenly places he said don't go y'all got a mission to do you got a mission you got a big 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 mission and you'll never do it you'll never get it done unless I connect you to Trinitarian life so go wait go wait what are we waiting on? Just go wait. You'll know when it gets there. And on when the day of Pentecost was fully come. What does Pentecost mean? 50? 50 days from what? Passover. 50 days from Passover, right? What was the Feast of Pentecost in the Jewish calendar? It's a celebration of... It was harvest... And it was the time when they believed that, that the law was given to Moses on the mountain. Traditionally, that's what they celebrated as. And it was hard. So there's, there's, these two, there's twofold purposes brought in. When the Holy Spirit comes, what did Ezekiel prophesy and Jeremiah prophesy and Jesus performed? That when that he, would, he would take out your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And that he would do what? He would write... His very law, instruction. He would write the covenant on your heart. And you would need that any man teach you. Because he, the Holy Spirit, will teach you. He will just, he'll lead you and guide you into all truth. And that you will be his representatives in a lost and dying world. You will be children of light. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. People will come to the brightness of your rising. When's the last time someone came to the brightness of your rising? 
we're so deluded into trying to figure out what Christ has done for us. And so what we do in theology, if we can't figure it out, you know what we do? We push it into eternity past and eternity future. Can't figure out what to do with it. Oh, well, let me tell you what I believe that Ephesians says. It says, two, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. When were you? You were dead in your trespasses and sins. And at that time, you walked in the way of this world in conformity with the ruler of the domain of the air. The ruler of the spirit who now is operating in the sons of disobedience. Oh, that we could get the message out to the sons of disobedience. I'm afraid that y'all still think that certain sins are too great for God. Name them. Name the sins that you think are too great for God. That's it. And every parent who has a child trapped in it wants to know it's not. What, what sickness is too great for God? AIDS, because it's the judgment of God. about coronavirus? Alzheimer's. We just haven't even assigned the grace of God to it. See, what happens when our mind is so polluted with what God can't do? We don't. You have not because... We run to medical science and hope. And I'm, I'm thankful for medical science, y'all. I am. Don't, don't misunderstand that. But we pay, if we put as much hope in the God that we serve, who is the creator of all things, we would ask him and we would know that everything. Leprosy was the sin of the day in Jesus' day. Jesus, if thou art willing, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. There is no sin that is any power that has any power over the love of God and over what Jesus did at the cross. Put the nature of God in someone and it will break every shackle of sin because the sin nature has been defeated. Oh, if we knew this and we pray for people. Oh, I got foam on my... Yes. Death, death sentences. Right. Yep. Wow, that's amazing. It's really strange, isn't it? No, that's when you have that. This is no longer coincidence. This is something operating in a family. Right. And, and in your prayer and fasting, because I know Deborah, she wasn't saying that prayer and fasting, don't hear that. Y'all, y'all, we all know. Prayer and fasting was not the payment you made. See, she's not saying that. That's it. It was a means of grace. But. Mm-hmm. But I did pray for healing. I didn't listen to her.
That's true. But you're here now. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to say because they gave her a terminal illness. They said, they said, go home and get your house in order. You're going to die. Is that not true? That's what, and she called us, and I was like, no, that's not true. That's not true. And the reason I knew it wasn't true, I knew it wasn't true. Because when I met Deborah, we went and ate at tamales, and the Lord told me something about Deborah. told me that she had something I needed. And I wasn't quite sure. Now, this may seem weird to you, but I wasn't quite sure that I'd received all that she, that she was supposed to give me. But see how, but look how that connection. I said, no, God, no, uh-uh. That's not true, is it? Nope. And see, that's how we have to contend. Someone to contend. I said, no, her liver is healed in Jesus' name because she's got, she's got an assignment that is not finished. And when it's finished, it'll be finished, won't it? But it's not finished. And so we have to come before God knowing what our assignment is, knowing that what has been accomplished. When it's time for me to go, y'all, I'm ready to go. I don't want to stay a day longer than I'm supposed to stay, but nor do I want to stay here drudging through life as though I don't know the one who has seated me with Christ in heavenly places. I don't want to live under the lies of shame, knowing that every grave that is in my life, if I love that song, Molly Skaggs redid it, you know, the Bethel song, he came out of that grave. Right there, that is such a good song. You know why? Because if Jesus came out of that grave, I'm coming too. See, that's it. What grave? What grave? What lie? What lie slash grave are you listening to? What lie that you can't be healed? Lie. Lie. What lie are you hearing? That, you're, that, you, that you live in depression? Lie. I said it's a lie. There's no depression in heaven. And it's where Jesus is at. My, my edemic representation. And he sent his spirit to bear witness as the first fruits of my inheritance. What lie are you listening to? That you can't get a job? Lie. What lie are you listening to? Tell me a lie you're listening to. I'm, I'm asking you. What's a lie you're listening to? Lie. Lie of lack. Oh, the lie of lack. That old poverty spirit is a liar. You can come out of that grave of lack. Jesus did. If he came out of the grave, why are you still in there filling up those dank, damp walls going, oh God, just come deliver me. He's saying, I am the resurrection. Don't put it off to one day when you get to heaven. You don't need money in heaven. You need resources now. Why? Because you got to build the kingdom. I saw Satan fall like lightning to heaven. That's, we put that off. Wait, what do we do with things we don't understand? Put that in eternity past. One day you're going to resurrect. You, yeah, I, I am the resurrection. I know that one day I'll resurrect. Eternity future. What are you doing now, Andrea? Just living in my grave, holding the fort. 
yeah, he died and bore my sin and shame and consequences, and I'm still going to smoke and chew and, you know, look at porn and just do all the stuff that I have to do because I'm just a human. I'm just not perfect. I still act just like my grandpa, Adam. But Adam's dead. No, he's still alive and well right here in my heart. And I love him. Men love darkness rather than light. At least their deeds be made known. Some people just don't want the answer. I'm telling you, there's no grave. A grave is a lie. A grave is a lie. A grave is a lie that you receive as truth. There ain't no grave. I've been listening to that song every day. Shame is a prison as cruel as the grave. Shame is a robber who's come to take my name. Love is my redeemer. Love is a trumpet sound. Why did God come and do what he did? Why did Jesus come and do what he did? Because the Father so loved the world. We're thinking that we're going to tell people how much they offend God, and then we're going to throw Jesus in there. We're going we're to preach Jonathan Edwards sinners in the hands of an angry God. You know what I mean? And we're going to get you so scared to hell of God. This is how Western religion has done it. And then, and then we're going to slide Jesus in there between you and the Father. I'm good news. Don't worry. I can take the old man. Now, I'm being, I'm being facetious, but this is how this plays out. And Jesus is like, come on, it's all right, it's all right. He's hiding. He's in the back. Shh. We cool. No. Planned for adoption before God said, let there be light. When he said, let there be light, he saw light in your heart. He wanted fellowship with you. He wanted sons and daughters. He wanted people who could say, I adjure you by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be delivered. He wants people who walk up to people and go, you don't have to live with that devil anymore. Come out. You don't have to have all the shenanigans. If you can't do it quiet, then you can't do it loud, friend. If you think loud, the volume... i got to go, Andrea. Thank you. We're going. I'm telling you. If we 